Right about now, you are listening to the Legacy and Leadership Podcast, a show where we discuss living as a leader worth following, leading others to do the same, and in doing so, leaving a legacy for future generations. My name is Jimmy Gonzalez Jr., a learning and development professional and leadership coach, sitting down with my co-host, Anthony Devon Watts Jr., an expert contact center leader that has effectively led and developed dynamic teams with high motivation. Together, we have over 30 years experience in the corporate game. Join us as we discuss our growth as leaders, share the lessons we've learned, and interview others to see how their leadership style was shaped as they were mentored by adversity. So what's going on, Legacy Leaders? It is I, your co-host, Devon Watts, here with my good friend, Jimmy Gonzalez, Jr., back again for another episode of the Legacy and Leadership Podcast, The Hotness. <laughs> the Hotness coming at you, episode number nine. nine. <laughs> episode 009. Um, how, so how are you doing, man? How, how's your day been? I'm doing well. The day has been good. Uh, I have been got a little bit of a reprieve. So the senior leadership strategy session that I was supposed to be teaching, co-facilitating today, uh, there's some good things going on. And we just we decided to to push it back. Actually, our, our vice president uh, of our business unit decided to push it back a few weeks. Uh, so I was not mad at that um, <laughs> while I was ready. We weren't a hundred percent. We just weren't completely buttoned up. So it definitely gives us some time. Um, you know, this was things that we were kind of working on outside of our normal duties uh, and work routine. So happy about that. Um, but yeah, again, just you know, focusing on that and, and um, some other you know projects and, and things that I'm investing my time into. Uh, just continue to get myself in a good space and move forward, man. So right, we talked about having a plan. And you got to work the plan. So that's what I'm yes, doing. Sir. Awesome, man. Awesome, awesome. How's the family? Family's good. Family's good. We just uh, celebrated our anniversary this past weekend. The wifey and myself, thank you, thank you. 22 years. Um, So, yeah, so the family's good. Uh, The young one, the youngest, she still seems to be doing pretty good right now with her classes. She got her new laptop last Friday. Yeah, so that was cool. Um, So she's excited and happy about that. Um, (laughs) Yeah, man, them kids, they love the technology. Oh yeah, I can't blame him. I love it too, but uh, I want to. I want to sound like the stereotypical uh, adult, like parent. Just you know, them kids, man. Them and that technology. Sort of. <laughs> well, you know, I joke around. I say I'm the old man. So she was creating a PowerPoint. That was one of her assignments. Uh, just kind of talking about herself and, and things that she likes and her parents and dislikes and stuff like that. So she's showing it to me, and I want to point something out. And I touched the screen and it like went to the next slide. I'm like, oh, oh, oh. my bad. <laughs> Touch me. You fancy oh over here. <laughs> I didn't mean to do that. Can you recover it? Control D. Control <laughs> what, what, what do we do? I don't, oh, I don't know. I'm yeah, dropping my pen. Sense. I got all nervous. All kinds of stuff going on. <laughs> Bro, <laughs> I'm dying because that legit has happened to me multiple times. Like, especially like with this desktop, we got the desktop set up uh, for the missus too. And, um, I remember when we first got it, man, just like the whole setup is all in one. It has a touch screen. Right. And so I'm talking to her something about uh, on the computer and I'm like, hey, no, actually, hey, can you click here? And when I hit it, like like I hit a hyperlink and it went to all. And so I'm at four minute. I'm like, yo, what are you doing? Don't hit that. Hit this. 
and then I hit again and then it goes to somewhere else. And then I realize, oh, th it, this is me. I'm the one. It's a touch screen. I'm the one that's, that's navigating to the wrong places. So um, and I, I consider myself pretty technologically savvy, but yeah, it was it was, what it was. I, just, I felt stupid for like half a second. Yeah, I just completely forgot. And I say we, you know. I, I helped in the purchase of the laptop, but I didn't necessarily <laughs> facilitate the purchase. So yeah, yeah. I'm not I'm not completely 100 uh, percent sure of all the bells and whistles that it comes with. So but it was okay. funny, but <laughs> she's sure. good. Yeah, she's good. The presentation, uh, she hasn't presented it yet, but, uh, you know, I always have fun with that type of stuff, man. Obviously, you know, yeah, nothing. I'm in a wheelhouse. Yeah. You know, I'm not necessarily an instructional designer, but that is in my wheelhouse. So having those kind of conversations with the daughter and seeing what she's capable of doing and giving her some tips um, is always fun. It's always fun. So, yeah, man, it is times. cool. It's, it's, it's always cool when you're able to um, showcase to your family a little bit of like, like yeah, yeah, pops know some things. Like I'll be, I'll be doing some things. I don't just be in the room, like just talking and barking out orders <laughs> and clacking on the keyboard. Like I actually do some things. So mm -hmm. um, it's always cool when you get to share those moments, man. So um, I also couldn't uh, help but notice, man, it seemed like, um, you know, for your anniversary, you guys ended up going out ax throwing, which is appropriate since we're coming off of talking about sharpening our saw a couple episodes ago. Uh, so the real question that everybody wants to know, they're holding their breath, how sharp was the saw or the ax when you were ax throwing? Uh, and did you actually hit like the bullseye? I don't know. I Like I saw a, a cool little IG boomerang, but it didn't necessarily make contact. So I was like, I don't know where this landed. <laughs> so come on, man, it's your boy. <laughs> you know, what I what I will say is it's it's important. Um, one, if you know, you have um, you're gifted with some talents uh and they have a good coach and the young guy that was there uh his name was Christoph and <laughs> nice. he br he broke it down he broke it down and I'm just like studying I'm watching what he's doing um and took off from there so yeah I mean you know the wifey too she she hit bullseye a few times I hit bullseye nice. a few times um I learned more about the game you know you have the bullseye but then there's the other like smaller blue dots that they have mm -hmm. and if you hit those that are kind of outside of the target you get like 10 points for one you get 20 points for the really small one you know so how that is you know you you start doing something you feel confident about yourself and it's like let me take it up another notch another level and see if i can hit those two um, but it was funny towards the end how you know he's he's observing us because he's helping other people but he's walking around and observing us and, and he was like yeah you know, it, it's it, it's just funny watching the two of you. Like you're so intense and you're focused. And my wife's like, yeah, he's intense with everything that he does. <laughs> and you know, you throw the axe and you walk up, you get it, and you come back. And then your wife is just kind of, you know, she's <laughs> just doing her thing. You know, no, it's no big deal to her. And I was like, yeah, that that's that's us. That's us. life. <laughs> <laughs> that's us in a nutshell. That's that's the beauty of Stacy and Jimmy. Um, so it was it was fun. We actually had a really really good time. Um, you know, just laughing and having, um, trying something new, it, you know, it was something physical. So that's always fun for me. And, and it was a new skill that I was, I was trying to learn. How do I get this and, and get the technique right? And, um, like most throwing motions, right. It's, it's all about kind of the hips and, and, and those type of things. So, so it was a good time. Awesome, man. Awesome. 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 Yeah. It's yeah. something I'm going to have to try, um, with the misses and maybe even do like a team building exercise or something like that. We're, um, going through the process right now of you know just kind of strategizing for the balance of the year what does 
team building look like um, given kind of this new environment and you know how do you um, you know create the opportunity to build some rapport and get to know people away from the workspace and I mean that's even you know more necessary today than ever before when most of our interactions are happening um, through WebEx like again the, the bulk of my staff um, to be honest with you because when I came on board it was in the middle of the pandemic right so uh, the bulk of the, the staff has only seen me through like you know WebEx meetings you know mm. and, and hear my voice and um, you know, you know, I, I like to think that, you know, while obviously I'm, you know, comfortable in this space, you know, with the podcast and the whole nine and all that good stuff that, you know, I just play better a little bit, you know, face to face. Like I, I, you know, I like that type of engagement and that type of interaction. And so, um, so how do you replicate that? So, um, I'll definitely keep that on the list. We were talking about laser tag. We were talking about, um, go-karts and apparently there's like this, uh, this new, game that they've made out of kind of like go-karts or bumper bumper cars called like Wolfo Ball or something like that. It starts with a W, but basically what it is is you're driving around and you got like bumper cars and you also mm-hmm. have a ball at the same time and there's like a basket on the side of your uh, bumper cars and like the, the objective is to score points into other people's baskets, basically. <clears throat> Um, so that sounded really, really interesting, but I don't know if we even have like sp- spots like that down here in South Florida. Um, but yeah, man, just you know, really trying to strategize what we can do um, from a team building perspective. So um, the bulk of my day was really con- you know um, centered around that, um, and I would say also team building in another way. I had I had like a litany of uh, interviews just um, for. Uh, roles um, in kind of my organization and also helping out with um, some of the interviews for other parts of your organization like L&D and um, human resources and stuff like that. Um, we're just really trying to build out the team. Um, and so, yeah, uh, to me, I look at that as another form of team building, um, mm-hmm. obviously, right? Um, the most important you know, skill you can possess to me as a leader is the ability to kind of identify and develop talent. Um, if you do that right, you can not be good in a lot of other things <laughs> and still, uh, you know, have a high-performing team. And so kind of in that vein, it was funny because we were doing our debrief sessions um, after one of the final interviews. Um, and, you know, I was just giving my assessment, and we decided not to extend an offer to this particular candidate. And I was just kind of explaining my reason why I wasn't inclined and, you know, getting everybody else's perspective as well. Um, and one of the things I shared was it's really important for me. Like, there's been work that I've been doing to build the kind of build out my team, right? Mm-hmm. Build out my team from scratch. And um, I've inherited a couple of really good in- internals, but we've hired a bunch of externals here within the you know past you know two months or so. And so I've been very intentional about the dynamic of the team that I've been building and to make sure that I'm protecting that. I have an obligation to be able to protect that if we're going to be able to drive the business forward. And the thing that kept ringing in my head, um, you know, as I was just kind of talking with the recruiter and with, you know, some of the other stakeholders that helped through the uh, panel interview process uh, was something that you mentioned a couple episodes back when we were talking about team building. And, you know, we kind of got on the path of, you know, culture and strategy and kind of those concepts was affinity. Um, And I remember when you bought it up, I was like, ooh, affinity. I like that word. And I'm going to have to make sure that we come back to that. Um, and in full transparency, um, the reason why it caught my attention is because, uh, honestly, these past uh, couple of weeks I've been on, like, a Marvel binge. I've been watching, like, a lot of uh, Marvel movies because uh, I'm a huge fan. And so I just, like, watched uh, Infinity Wars and 
uh, in game, like back to back. And so mm. when you said like affinity, I was like, ooh, affinity, affinity gauntlet. Like, does he say like we need we need to like hire a Thanos? That would kind of be cool, <laughs> right? But then I realized, you no, know, he said affinity, not infinity. Yeah. Um, and I kind of had a little bit of a squirrel moment, but. Um, I'm making good on my commitment. I want to come back to that. And so okay. um, I'm curious, um, you know, for myself and then obviously for our listeners, you know, when you talk about building a team with high affinity, like what does, like define that? What does affinity even mean? Um, like what do you mean by, you know, building a team with a, a affinity, high affinity? So the one of the first things that you want to think about, one, it, that word affinity it has to be you mentioned this already it has to be a high performing team but what makes it a high performing team uh it's speed of execution right speed of execution and being able to execute at a very very high level uh so when you think about the definition the the depth of trust in and confidence in a relationship is is very high within a team which again results in in that speed of execution or maximum velocity of production. Mm. Um, so a lot of trust, a lot of high confidence, and, and again, being able to execute at, at a very high level, but do it very, very fast. In in our everyday life, right, in, in corporate America, there's so many different practices going on, so many very important initiatives going on. And you would like the luxury of being able to, you know, kind of take your time with things, but sometimes you're not, more times than not, you're not afforded that luxury, right? And, and you have to be able to execute um, very quickly, very decisively. Uh, but in order for, sometimes that's a little bit easier to do as an individual, uh, but with the team, there has to be a lot of trust there um, and confidence in one another. You know, we, we talked about it in, in the last episode, you know, so if you're taking some of those concepts about how you empower people, if you're doing those things and working on those things, um, that's going to help, right, to, to build trust in, in your folks, and that's going to help to build their trust level in you as a leader. Um, but point blank, moving with velocity, speed of execution, and doing so with excellence. Okay. So when you say, um, you say moving with velocity and speed mm -hmm. of execution, and, um, you know, one of the things that comes to mind, like as you're saying that, and not that I'm by any stretch of the imagination, like a, a fan of it, but um, it's like NASCAR, NASCAR racing, mm -hmm. like a, like a pit crew, right? Like I just that that is one thing that I am like actually pretty impressed by um, within the sport is just the level of communication, coordination, and execution during the pit stops. Like how quick that is, how fast that is, right? Because you literally you're racing against the clock, you're racing against the other racers, right? Like I could be. Uh, when my car gets pitted, I could be in first place. And um, we're trying to time the pit properly, right? Because we don't want to have to make any other stops, um, you know, for the duration of the race. Mm -hmm. um, and so you're, there's a little bit of strategy there. But during that, like in that split couple of seconds, there's like 17 people. They were rolling out. Somebody changing the tire. Somebody's checking the level. Somebody, you know, making sure that the, the driver's hydrated and the driver has what they need. Um, and all of that is happening simultaneously. And nobody's stumbling over one another. Everybody's communicating. Everybody knows where people should be. There's a high level of trust. Nobody's um, thinking, oh, is he getting that tire? Because he's supposed to get that tire and, and I'm supposed to get this tire. Like, everybody has trust in their peer 
to um, execute on the task at hand and they do it so fast and then they're right back on the track. Um, mm -hmm. And so that's the thing that comes to mind when you're talking about, um, you know, a team with high affinity um, and being able to execute quickly or speed of execution, all those things. Like I, I just, I keep picturing NASCAR um, and I don't, that's, I, and that's really all I know about them outside of like um, Dale Earnhardt Jr. and Jimmy Johnson or something like that. <laughs> No, that's that's a really uh, a good analogy, though, for for all the reasons that you just mentioned as you're as you're talking. I can see, you know, that picture in my mind. Uh, and like you said, there's just a lot of trust and you have to everybody knows their role. Right. You have um, certain guys that are focusing on filling up the gas tank. You have the other guys or gals uh, that are focusing on changing the tires. You may have one or two that, you know, one's taking one off. Somebody's handing the other tire. So everybody knows their role and, and they do it well. Right. And there's a, a very high level of competence, you know, within each of those skills and with that high level of confidence and that high level of trust, they're able to execute, you know, to that uh, to that standard. Um, and again, at that at that speed. Got you. So <clears throat> I would say transparently. Right. Um, you know, if we're thinking about how do I know if. I have a team that has high affinity. Have I created or built or cultivated an environment where I have a team with high affinity? Um, I think, you know, selfishly, uh, sometimes us as leaders, we have the opinion that we do and we have like, oh yeah, my team has that for sure, right? Um, but you know how I am. Um, I'm a little bit more grounded or rooted in, you know, facts and data. And so I'm curious, um, you know, I, I know I know you've taught on this subject quite a bit and just broken it down um, with other leaders. Is there is there a process or a way for me to assess like if I'm a leader, like how would I start to assess what is the current affinity level of um, of my team? Right. Like uh, going back to my my Marvel uh, <laughs> my Marvel thought that came to mind, like, how do I know how many stones I've secured? Right. Do, like, do I have like all five of them? Uh, do I just got the gauntlet by itself? Do I got like the time stone and the mind stone, but everything else is not on point. So like, how, how can I assess where my team is currently at? Take stock of where my team is currently at so that I can, um, either celebrate and continue to do the things that have created high affinity or I can pivot. So knowing you and what you just said, right? So being all about the, the numbers and the data, like the first thing you have to look at is, are we, are we hitting, uh, hitting the mark? Are we achieving results? But then are we doing so at a very high level, right? So in your business, in your space, you know, you know what those, those KPIs are, uh, you know, those performance uh, metrics that you're looking at to, to hit. Are we doing that at a, at a high level? Not just, you know, kind of subpar or just meeting, but are we doing so at a high level? And then are we doing that at a consistent basis, right? If, if you're seeing that in the numbers, then you can kind of start to, to kind of reverse engineer and say, okay, well, what's, what's getting us to that point? Uh, if you're not hitting your metrics, right? If you're not hitting your results and achieving results at high levels, then you're probably, especially if you're not doing it on a, on a consistent basis, uh, then you're probably not high in affinity, right? So, <laughs> That's number one. Are we are we are we achieving some some results and doing so at a high level? But then again, you know, how did how did we get there? In order to to get results, especially again at a high level and to do so on a consistent basis, like you have to be willing to take risk. Mm. But doing so 
at a, in a calculated manner, right? Especially mm -hmm. the higher you go. <laughs> you said something last, uh, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago, and you know, leaders who have leaders and leaders who ha or have leaders that are leaders, and I'm like, <laughs> say that four times really, really fast. I was just getting tongue-tied listening to you say that. But the higher the higher you go, the higher you go, right? And and the more responsibility that you have, you still want to take risks, but you have to be very, very calculated in the risk that you take because there's a lot of people counting on you. Uh, again, the, the higher that you go up, uh, the ladder and the more responsibility that you have, you're not just rep representing yourself or the team. I mean, you're also representing the company, you know? Mm -hmm. So you got to be very calculated in the risk that you take. But then some of the things that you might not necessarily be able to to see on a spreadsheet. And again, it gets back to to trust. So you can still analyze these things when you're having conversations on an individual basis, when you're having conversations with the team, when problems arise or when people are challenged and tough questions are asked, are people sharing how they feel with no hesitation? You know, that you can take, you know, mm. you can get the vibe of that on a conference call or in the room, like when we're in that mm. setting. And do people trust that they can express how they feel and do so in a professional manner, but express how they feel with, you know, without any type of negative repercussion? Um, and maybe, you know, maybe it's not necessarily the best idea, but as a group and as a leader, you can take that and you can build upon that. You can find value in the information they're providing. Um, but again, they're doing so without any hesitation. Uh, and then when your team members are coming to you and sharing their concerns, when they're sharing any issues that they're having, even when they're sharing accomplishments, it doesn't have to be negative things, but when they're coming to you and like they're excited and they're happy to share those things with you, mm -hmm. then there's a, a deep level of connection and there's a deep level of trust, right? The last thing as one of the last things as a leader that I want is to find out that there's some type of concern or problem or issues that a team member or that my team members are having, but like I had to find it out through the grapevine mm. as opposed to them, again, trusting that they can come and that we can talk through it and that we can resolve it, we can get stronger because of it and we can work through those things. Um, so if you're not seeing those things, then you can you know, be assured that your team is not necessarily a high performing team and not necessarily reaching that level of affinity where they are a well-oiled, high performing team. So there's a couple of things that you touched on that just kind of resonated with me. <clears throat> um, the first, obviously, you know, starting off with uh, measuring the performance of the business, right? So um, being rooted in your KPIs and kind of understanding from there, are we hitting the mark or are we not hitting the mark? And not just are we hitting the mark, but are we um, consistently exceeding the mark, right? Performing at a high level. Um, uh, and then from there, right, you know, talking about like the openness and the transparency that would exist uh, and not just um, the overly solicited transparency, right? Where you're like, all right, like, you know, please say something like, are you guys sure somebody's like, yeah, and then you have to start calling people out specifically like, Jimmy, what are your thoughts on this? Right. Mm -hmm. um, but where you could broach a, a topic with the with the team and people um, immediately jump in providing their thoughts their perspectives again with no fear of um, repercussions or being shut down or being played or anything like that right um, and so uh, just kind of thinking about those those two first 
and I just want to sanity check this, my thought process would be that it's possible that you could actually be delivering from a performance perspective, like meeting the expectations, but still not have a team with high affinity, right? Because there could be external factors that are um, aiding in your performance. Maybe you guys figured out a brand new uh, efficiency initiative and so the system is working or maybe you have external factors uh, that <clears throat> are favorably impacting your business, right? Like, um, you know, I'm, you know, I'm in the, the e-commerce space and so obviously the pandemic has been, um, you know, a boon to any company that's kind of in that e-commerce space. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, we're, we're blowing all of our, you know, beginning of the year targets out of the water. Well, that's because our forecast, our plan never accounted for everybody having to shop online and people, you know, you know, being concerned about going into brick and mortar locations and stuff like that. Right. So um, just because I'm, I'm crushing it from a numbers perspective, it's still possible that within my team, I still don't have high affinity or I don't have necessarily a high performing team um, in the sense of how we, um, engage and communicate with one another would that am i off base in thinking that or is there some um some some truth um in the kind of that thought process no i would definitely say there's some truth there i mean but you like you know your business right so in in your particular case i think there's still things that you're learning about your new team right but even thinking about teams in the past you know what those external factors are so I know, okay, we've done some some efficiency improvements. Uh, we've seen some, maybe some changes externally out in the market that is is the cause, you know, of this this uptake in performance or this increased performance or even this very high level of performance. But then the question, and, and you know, if my team are, are not necessarily exhibiting some of those attributes that we just shared, right, and that we just talked about, how much better could we be doing? You know, if if we if the team itself was running on all cylinders and then able to take advantage of those external factors that are also helping and adding to that that performance. Um, and again, we've we've been there. I mean, you know, we've worked together and seen uh, situations where we've made efficiency uh, improvements and have done different initiatives. And you see the performance, the performance improve. But, you know, like they're still they're still not you know, maybe a hundred percent high level of trust or, you know, people are not just um, automatically coming out and sharing how they feel about situations. They're a little reserved or they're holding things back. So if we were able to clear that space and get everybody at that level, again, where there's a high level of trust and there's a high level of confidence in each other, then how much better, how much, you know, higher of the results can we actually achieve if, if we were hitting in all of those different uh, points as well? No, absolutely. Yeah, I, the reason why, you know, I just want to keep myself honest around that, and obviously also for our listeners is, um, you and I have both seen it. You know, sometimes as leaders, we make the mistake of just getting um, hiding behind the results to uh, justify or cover up the other gaps that we know exist in our business. Because at mm-hmm. the end of the day, if the final number um, is on goal, right? Um, and that's ultimately what we're being held to. Um, it can be very easy to not do the necessary work to address the other gaps because you can say, well, look, I mean, what we're performing though. So, mm-hmm. right, we're performing though. So, like, I don't really have to worry about improving the communication with my team because even with the communication being crappy, um, we're meeting expectations, right? We hit goal. Everybody got bonus. Um, and I think 
you know, for a mm-hmm. real lead, a real leader, the um, the perspective in that situation really is not we hit goal in spite of, but more, well, what could we achieve when I actually fix this, right? Mm-hmm. When we actually have um, the fundamentals of our team operating at the level that they need to. Because I think one of the things that is um, assured um, in any team sport or um, you know team situation that, that you're in, whether it's, um, again, your team in sports or your team uh, you know, professionally or the team in your household, Right. I mean, you know, over, you know, 20 to 23 years of, you know, just, uh, you know, a beautiful team between you and Stacy. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, the team will be tested. Adversity will come. Right. Like we've heard, um, you know, we heard, you know, Shav kind of talk about that in his NBA session. And we know it. We lived it, you know, in a multitude of different team uh, arenas or environments where we will be tested no matter how well things are going for us. Right. Um, Hell, the the Patriots almost you know had the the second undefeated season and beat the seventy two Dolphins uh, record. But what happened? They got tested in the Super Bowl, all right, in the fourth they quarter. They met those New York football giants. I instantly regretted using the example. <laughs> I know you did. <laughs> like, you saw my face. Yeah. I just lit up. Yes. Yeah, I started because like it's a it's a good example. They got tested, but I'm like, oh man, but let's remember they got this. tested by Jimmy's team. Like I'm about to give the Giants way for too much all of credit. our for all of our viewers. Yes, the New York Giants, <laughs> my favorite team. So, um, I yeah, unfortunately, um, but fortunately, <laughs> this is a good example. But, um, yeah, you're, you're, the Patriots got tested, man. They got tested by your Giants. And I think the difference there, right, is um, – and obviously, you know, nobody can question the legacy that Brady, Belichick, Kraft, all of them have built. They've done a phenomenal job, right? But in that moment, in that season, they had not faced adversity. They were steamrolling teams. I remember, like, I think, um, I think uh, my boy Randy Moss was on that squad, right? Mm-hmm. So you got, you got um, Tom putting up, you know, the NFL record for touchdowns in a season at the time, and um, you know, Randy Moss, towards the latter end of his career, still got them burners, and he set the single single season record for receiving touchdowns. I mean, nobody could stop him on offense. Nobody could stop him on defense. Now, you juxtapose that with your squad, right, um, and a playoff spot wasn't assured going into, mm-hmm. like, kind of the last couple of weeks. They had been tested throughout the, the season, right? So they had already created the, the necessary disciplines, transparent communication, all of those things that you would expect in a, uh, a team with high affinity so that when they got tested, when their back was against the wall, they already knew what – they had they had a certain level of trust because they knew what each other was made of and what they could bring to the table. Um, and the Patriots, they hadn't been tested, so they never had to have that gut check or those conversations and to find out, hey, is the person next to me got what it takes? Mm-hmm. Um, and the rest is history, right? The rest is history. And so, um, <clears throat> I'm sharing that because you know there can be times where um, the results say, you know, you're the 18 and 0. New England Patriots, right? But what, you know, what is the dynamic like in the locker room? What is the dynamic like in your meetings? What is the dynamic like when you're having your one-on-one discussions and when you're talking about challenges that the business is facing, um, successes that the business is facing, new initiatives? Like, is it like pulling teeth to get input from folks? 
you know, um, or are people comfortable expressing their ideas and challenging, you know, challenging thoughts? I always felt like a really good measure, a really good sign of um, you cultivating uh, a high-performing team is when people feel very comfortable asking questions and being able to challenge your thought process. Mm-hmm. Um, always done from a place of respect and obviously done with the intent of improving the business, right? But um, I just always felt like when people felt comfortable doing that and it wasn't just you know me getting on my soapbox and running my mouth, but there was an actual dialogue and um, I was being forced um, as a leader to be able to defend my perspective um, from an intellectual standpoint or to talk through out loud with the team, um, you know, my thoughts around these things and, you know, challenge people openly and they do the same. Like when we were doing that, I knew we were going to be in good shape because Mm -hmm. I knew that we had such a diversity in thought, such a diversity in perspective and um, a high level of trust in one another, like really a market, like a high level of trust in one another that we can engage in those type of discussions that I never questioned after we left the the meeting or left the room and we got alignment, if people were going to do that, if people were going to do what they said they were going to do. It was the meetings where there was not that type of discussion and it was just, you know, people, you know, delivering orders um, and not engaging in robust discussion around it or having their thoughts challenged that I always had the question like, yeah, but are people actually going to do this? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because that silence... Um, and I've joked, I, you know, I say this jokingly sometimes. I'm not even, well, yeah, most of the time jokingly, but sometimes I seriously mean it because I get annoyed if people aren't um, providing their input sometimes. But um, silence is consensus, mm-hmm. right? But silence is not always consensus. Sometimes silence can actually be dissent. It's just that they don't feel comfortable uh, letting you know why they don't agree or why they have questions out of fear that when I express myself, um, I'm going to be... Um, Um, I'm not going to be heard or I'm going to be played. And so um, I think to your point, you kind of know results aside, as much as I love data and a a good spreadsheet and a a pivot table, right? Um, As much as the data is there, the data is not the only deciding factor in measuring your your ability to create a high-performing team with high affinity. There are also some of those immeasurable factors in terms of communication, in terms of trust, in terms of rapport, in terms of confidence, in terms of care, all of these things that you can measure with, um, you know, EQ, emotional intelligence Mm -hmm. and emotional quote, and not IQ, um, that you really have to have all the boxes checked on. Yes, man, a couple of things that that you said there. Um, It's funny when we first started talking about, you know, high performing teams and affinity, uh, the Patriots did come to mind, uh, but because of the the longevity, right, of mm-hmm. of excellence and the longevity of championships that they've had. Um, but even in that longevity, they still they still had moments where, you know, especially to their standards, they failed, right, or they didn't execute and and hit that you know that that mark and achieve their goals and what they were trying to achieve. Um, when you think about, you know, what just in, in business and what we're trying to do, your there's going to be those moments where, again, things are happening around you um, and you're getting that level of performance. But it always goes back to, to things that, that you and I have spoke about in, in the past, too, is like, but how are we achieving those results? Mm-hmm. Right. Did we achieve those results? Because 
with the high level of trust, there's a confidence in in the competency of each other. And there is a confidence that maybe your skill set isn't as strong as it can be, but you're working on it. You're going to figure it out. And I trust that my team member is going to do that uh, or I know their their the the level of the skills that they bring to the table and i'm confident that they're going to be able to come through in those moments um but with those external factors and those things you know assisting in in that performance when those external factors are not there like you said what type of level of production are we going to be able to achieve at that particular uh, at that particular point and when you talk about the trust factor I think as a leader, you also have to check yourself, right? If you find yourself in that situation where you're you're having conversations, you're having meetings, you're talking about things and people are not giving feedback, people are quiet, people are hesitant, you, you should, I encourage you to, to take a step back and check yourself and say, okay, well, why is that? Like, what am I not doing? What could I be doing better? You know, we go back to, you know, the empowerment recipe, like, am I following those steps and am I giving my team, you know, the the permission um, and that comfort level to to be able to speak up and like you mentioned earlier, to, to challenge my thoughts and to ask questions. Um, if people really know that you care about how they feel about a situation, that you care about their thoughts and their different perspectives, uh, I think that um, they'll be that much more likely to, to share in those moments. Um, you know, one thing that we talked about some of the things that you would see in a team with high affinity well, in a team with low affinity, like people are not inspired, right? So maybe I don't trust, or maybe I'm just not inspired by my leader. So like it, like it just doesn't matter to me. You know what I mean? Like I, I don't, maybe there's not necessarily dissent, but I just, I don't care enough because I'm not inspired by the goal, by the mission, the vision, whatever it is, like, it's just not there, you know? So again, the leader has to check themselves and be able to, to, to ask that question. Like, what can I do to have a stronger connection and speak into their hearts so that, you know, I do have that opportunity to inspire them. They have to motivate themselves. Uh, but how can we be inspired about not just the goal and the results that we're trying to obtain, but how we're going to get there and the work that we need to put in, um, because again, you know me, bro, it's while well, I definitely want to attain results and I want to make sure that we're doing so at a high level. How do we get the results? Was it because we did something with the fancy systems and the systems allowed us to get the results? Was it because we had some people that were cutting corners and when we started to dig down and, and really peel back the laters, we found out that, you know, there's things going on that maybe not maybe like we're just not we're not happy about it. it doesn't fit, you know, the values that we have and how we're trying to conduct our business. Uh, well, we got results and we're doing so on a consistent basis. Yeah, I mean, but it's, it's um, not the way that we want to we want to get those results. Yeah, not at all. I mean, Enron got results, right? <laughs> Facts. <laughs> like Enron got results for a short period Facts. of time until they got shut down. And um, you know, Bernie Madoff got results, right? So mm -hmm. um, it's interesting, too, you say. You know, just kind of like the the motivation and, and the being inspired by the vision and why that that's so critically important um, when you're talking about like creating or, you know, or cultivating a high performing team and a team with high affinity. And it's funny because you know, I was talking to um, a good friend of ours um, 
and you know we were just catching up um you know rich and myself we were just catching up like kind of chopping it up and we were just laughing because um you know we were both talking about the fact like uh, you know you got to kind of bring that that lou holtz factor you know as a leader i was sharing with him some of the things that you know i'm, I'm you know kind of you know navigating right now with uh, uh my squad and you know just you know, I trust his perspective and I use him as a sounding board, much like I use you. Right. And so I was like, yeah, man, you got to bring that, you know, he's like, yeah, you got to bring that Lou Holtz out. Uh, and then we were just talking about how, um, you know, both of us, you know, in our experience, we both had the ability to be able to um, inspire, you know, our teams to, to want to, you know, run through a wall for us to get work done. Uh, but we were also laughing about the fact that um, the way we go about doing that is just different, right. Um, just different. Um, you know, in terms of, you know, how I communicate and how he communicates. And um, but the thing that, you know, really resonated with me or just like I was like, well, look, yeah, you know, I'm, pr I'm probably more of the, uh, you know, give him the old ball coach speech, you know, uh, type of individual. Right. Um, but where, you know, he creates that same type of compelling desire to want to deliver um, is and you touched on this, the importance of you know, like being able to genuinely care. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And um, and so I think that 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 aspect of it can't be um, overstated just enough. Right. Not only is it important to make sure that, um, you know, there is that transparent communication and that you're creating an environment where people c can feel comfortable challenging and asking questions and getting motivated by the, by the idea or the vision and that there is a high level of confidence in each other's competency but also that there's a high level of confidence in each other's care. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and you can't, those are one of the, that's one of those things. Like you can't, um, you can't fake that. Yeah. You know I mean, it has to be authentic. You have to authentically care about the individuals, um, you know, that, that, you know, that you work with, that you lead, that, that lead you like there, that has to be genuine. Um, cause people can feel that. Um, and I think you even touched on this. Like you can just feel it when it's, not real you know yeah. when it's put on when um you know somebody's you know pulling you into the office or the room and it's like hey you know, so how's the you know how's the spouse how's the grandkids how are they doing in the school and the ball game and you know what i mean just kind of like you know, you're just going through the motions you don't really care about what's going on with me like halfway through my answer you're already thinking about what you were about to ask me ask me for or assign mm -hmm. me to do you know what i mean um, and when you have enough of those interactions or experiences um, with somebody that may be leading you or um, if your people have enough of those experiences with you, um, at some point, like you said, they they check out. Like, why would I care? I'm not motivated. I'm not inspired. Um, you don't inspire me. You don't motivate me because you don't care about me. I'm just I'm a tool, um, a tool to get to an end result for you as mm -hmm. opposed to. A valued member of this team and um you know going back to something that shav touched on um right um that he got through uh brene brown right which is um you know true um you know true understanding is what somebody is you know seen heard like known right like that's when you really feel seen like seen known, uh, known um heard and uh when you think about creating a team of high performing or a high performing team or high affinity like you have to ask yourself as a leader, well, you know, do my people feel seen? Do they feel known? Do they feel heard? Right. And if at any point the answer to that question, you're either not sure 
or you can say no, then there's work that you need to do on your part in order to shore that up if you truly care about creating a high-performing team um, with high affinity. Um, yeah, you know, as a leader, too, I think you would, if you're aware, right, and there's a decent level of self-awareness, like there's going to be times as a leader where you have to ask of your people, um, and somebody like like Richard, like there's just so many things that we've been through over the last couple of years, so many challenging situations, right? And that trickles down to us, and, and like we're having to ask more of our people. Um, and we have you know campaigns, hashtag do more work, and, <laughs> and like people want shirts made, and they're happy to do more work. Well, why is it that I'm able to ask those things really without hesitation? Is because that level of trust is there. My people know. Uh, your team will know that you care but if if i'm hesitant like man like there's you know that there's not a high level of affinity when the leader is is timid or scared uh or reluctant to ask of their team because either they're going to get pushed back um they may get somebody to say no you know there's just going to be some type of negative response but if the team has high affinity no you know like when i ask like you're gonna do it and not just because oh yes sir yes ma'am like you know you feel like you have to do it like they want to because they know you care because you care they care about you there's confidence there's trust and and the thing about the trust too is that you know we've been in these situations you might be asked to do something but you may not always understand at the beginning 100% of what's going on or 100% of why they're asking you to do this. But I know I trust that person. I know that they have my best interest in mind because they do care about me. So you know what? I don't need all the detail. Like, what is it that you need me to do? And, and let me give me the ball, coach. Let me run with it. And, and let me let me get this taken care of for you. Um, so if, if you're hesitant to make requests of your team, again, as a leader, you have to check yourself and realize, and there's probably not a high level of affinity. Yeah, I like that. Um, essentially, like you know, what you're saying is uh, apprehension. Apprehension as a leader is usually mm -hmm. an indicator of, of low affinity, yep. um, which I think is actually really spot on. Um, it's funny because actually one of the, as a leader, like one of the best bits of advice that I actually got <clears throat> came from somebody who had never led a day in their life. Um, you know, it was one of the agents, and um, I don't know. I was having a conversation with them, you know, like on break or something like that. I was like going to the vending machine and seeing if I can get some peanut M and M's or something. Um, and you know, I was just chopping it up. They were asking me how am I feeling about my transition because I was like, I was a brand new leader, so I was kind of maybe about a month, maybe two months into it, and I'm, you know, I'm, you know, I'm feeling good and da 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 da, and you know, I feel like a good good relationship with my peers and these people and. Um, they're like, yeah, and they're like, well, um, it's like the only advice I have for you, right, is, you know, you want to, um, you just want to be mindful of your, the relationship you have with this person, right? It's like one of these people that are your peers. And I was like, well, what, what would lead you, like, I value their perspective. So I'm like, well, what would lead you to, like, say that? Like, why, why do, would I need to be mindful about that? Like, I feel like I got a good relationship with that person. They were like, well. Um, I can tell you just from how they um, they interact with you, they act around you. Even though they're a peer, um, they they don't they don't respect you. They fear you, mm. and you don't want to be in a position where somebody fears you and they don't respect you. You want respect over fear every single time, right? 
And again, this is somebody who's never led a day in their life, like never had a single person report into them, but they just they just have this overabundance of wisdom to be able to understand that, you know, when you're talking about um, how do you build, you know, how do you build a relationship that's rooted in, you know, genuine trust, legitimate trust, and you know that somebody has your best interests at heart and vice versa, um, fear can't exist. Mm-hmm. Fear can't exist in that relationship in order for it to be fruitful. It has to be rooted in genuine respect or affinity or care for one another. Um, because if it's rooted in fear, it's going to be fleeting. Um, they will, um, you know, they will, you know, comply or look out in the moment while that fear continues to exist or, you know, it's present. But the minute, you know, that fear is removed from the situation or you're further away from the situation, the less likely they are to. Um, have your back or run through a wall because well, there's no motivation anymore, right? I don't, I'm not doing it out of respect for you. I don't respect you, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and that just stuck with me. And it's been something that I've tried to carry with me um, throughout my career, you know, as I've continued to grow and, you know, meet new people and get into different situations is I always wanted to try and establish relationships um, rooted in respect, um, genuine respect for the individuals that I've been entrusted to be a steward of and to work with. And, um, you know, to create an environment where, you know, me communicating transparently and, you know, being open to different perspectives and genuinely caring about my people fosters an environment of respect and trust in me. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think a lot of the things that, you know, you've kind of been touching on and we've been touching on throughout that process, it brings me back to kind of that moment um, in front of the vending machine, the little rinkety vending machines and the uh, call center on Forsyth. Uh, <laughs> uh, that super like yellow halls, like the halls are just like a ridiculous hue of yellow. <laughs> when yeah. I first started working there, it was like walking like into a, a jail or something. It was just, it was bad. Yeah, man. And then there was like, uh, it's funny because we had a couple of, uh, not to digress too much. But How about to say like the a, memories? <laughs> yeah, the memories are flooding in. But we had like a couple of uh, training sessions. Like when I moved to another site, we had a couple of uh, different training sessions back at that actual facility. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I had leaders that went off for some leadership training and for a week and they came back and they were just like, oh, my God, I love our spot. Like, I love where we're at. Like, you, like, uh, like that building, like you actually had to work in that and da, da, da. And, you know, I took a little offense. I was like, look, hold on. Hey, hold on. Right, you, y'all ain't allowed to talk about that building. Right. I can talk about that building. You I grew up, I grew up, I grew up in that building. Like, you ain't allowed to talk about that building. Like, that, that building has uh, too many uh, memories and. Um, you know, man, just uh, a special place, obviously a special place in my heart for sure. But, yeah, it was janky. And, yeah, we had, you know, those moments where, you know, the ceiling tiles were falling down. and um, You know, there were bullet holes in the front of the building. And, uh, <laughs> um, you know, you could be on lunch break and witness somebody, like, uh, stealing something out the outlet and <laughs> taking off running. And you're just like, you're like, uh, somebody should do what? something about that. <laughs> I think they just took a TV. Yeah, like, did they just take a lawnmower? Stop. <laughs> like, don't. Like, hey, don't. Security. Yeah, and just people just bolt off, and he was like, all right, well, let me get in here and check these reports. <laughs> but that was home, man. That was home. Yeah, man, that's my spot, man. That's that forever, forever my spot. And now, obviously, the place I'm in right now is, like, it's, like, super – it's an embarrassment of riches. It's super, super nice. And um, I just feel like, man, like, I'm – I feel like I'm uh, – like working in like a Google office or something like that, like Apple, like there's a lot of technology here for just like a call center. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's pretty dope. 
Well, take advantage, man. Uh, but that also, you know, speaks to, again, memories, the past, present, and just where you've come from, you know? So, and how, how you've grown over the years and those opportunities have grown for you. Um, so from talking about old buildings, rickety buildings, and building a team, um, high affinity teams drive results. Low affinity teams, they're just slow to react. High affinity teams are willing to take risk. Low affinity teams are risk adverse, right? With high affinity teams, there's a high level of confidence, a high level of trust. The leader inspires people. Uh, individuals speak freely um, without hesitation to share ideas, to ask tough questions of their peers and even of you know the leader themselves. Uh, when there is low affinity, you just don't see that. You know, people tend to keep to themselves, uh, are withdrawn, and just energy is low. You know people don't have fun with each other. When you see a team that has high affinity, people are having fun. They, they genuinely enjoy being around each other. Um, and you, can, you can't fake that. Like you can't fake that. You can see that, you can feel it. Um, and when you start to see those glimpses on a consistent basis, again, um, either you're getting there or you know that, yeah, this team definitely has a high level of affinity. No, I appreciate that, man. So um, I guess kind of the, the the last thing then I would just ask, right? So you, you go through that process and you do an assessment and you find out, well, you know, my team, um, we have glimpses of, you know, some of these competencies that would, you know, uh, align with a team of high affinity, um, a high performing team, but um, it's not consistently there. And, you know, I've done a little bit of a gut check for myself as a leader and yeah, I got to tighten up and something. So like, where do I start? Like if, you know, if you, you know, I had to pull you in as a, a coach or a leadership coach or a consultant or, you know, just um, a sounding board, where do I start with building it if it's not there? Like, where do I start at? So being resolved, you have to be resolved and be intentional about building strong relationships with your team. Um, that has to be a priority for you. It has to be something that you, you think about and that you're, again, that you're intentional about doing. Um, I mean, you know, genuine care that just has to, to be come from that person. But there are steps that you can take. I think the more you know about somebody and the more you know about their situation, um, I think the deeper and the higher level of care that's going to be. So there, there has to be, um, again, intentionality about having those conversations and carving out time for those conversations, um, especially when you know, things are moving 100 miles per hour and you know, we have to get results now and things are moving so fast. How do I make time for those moments uh, where there can be that true connection? You have to be committed to, to the team um, and the collective success. Right. And it's not not to be collect, uh, con committed to the individual, but again, to the team, because um, we're all in it together. Right. So as an individual, I have to make sure that I'm committed to building that relationship, to empowering you, to helping you develop your skill set. Uh, but I'm also doing that for everybody else. What that looks like and how much I provide might be different, you know, based on where people are at, their skill sets, their level of experience. But I'm making sure that uh, I'm, the fairness is coming through because everybody is getting it. You know, whatever that it is, everybody's getting that level uh, or that attention that they need. And then just paying attention, man, paying attention to 
to the affinity on the team. Because again, we're talking about highs and lows, right? In business, we have business cycles. Um, you're going to see that when you're looking at the numbers, you, you would like to say that everything is always going to be going up, but that's just not the case. Right. And when you talk about energy, you know, you're going to see that the energy is very high. You're going to see that the energy is very low. Uh, so when you see that, you know, be cognizant of that and, and start to ask yourself questions. Make sure that you're doing pulse checks with your team. Uh, you know, we, at the beginning, you were talking about doing team builders. Well, that's something that we should always be looking to do. Yeah, but maybe there's an impromptu, you know, team builder or just some type of activity that you do. Because, again, you're you're sensing that the energy is getting low and you know that I need to do something, you know, to to bring that energy back up. Maybe it's having fun. Um, maybe the, the energy is low because, you know, there's something going on in the life of one of the teammates and, and that not in a negative way, but, you know, a lot of calories and focus is being put on that individual by the other members on the team uh, but you don't know about it so if i can step in and i can provide some additional support um, and alleviate you know some of the those responsibilities as well from from the other teammates um, those type of things again that show care and that i'm being intentional about doing continue to raise the energy levels back up with the team um, you have to be resolved you have to be committed and you, you have to pay attention to those energy levels and you know change the dial right and as you see the, the levels going up and down how do i make those adjustments so that i at least keep us balanced and we would like to be or, or make sure that if we take a dip that it's not a sustained dip and that we get ourselves back up um, as quickly as possible gotcha yeah i like that i like um <clears throat> you know the kind of the the direction of being resolved mm -hmm. right being resolved or being intentional about um, addressing the gaps there and um, finding ways to incorporate um, a little bit of uh, spontaneity and mm -hmm. flexibility and in, in addressing you know maybe the energy the energy gap that exists or um, you know if you realize that um, maybe part of the reason why, you know, the team as a whole is not necessarily exhibiting um, some of those characteristics of high affinity is because of, um, you know, maybe a specific relationship you have with one of your direct reports that hasn't, um, you know, blossomed to the point where there's that level of trust, mm -hmm. right? Like kind of that's the last missing piece, right? Like, all right, I got I have good history with Jimmy. Um, Jimmy knows why we come we came up together. Right. Um, I got, you know, really good relationship with Richard, you know, uh, Richard and I, we've, you know, we know each other, you know, we've been, you know, we've had each other's back for, you know, four, five, six years. Right. But my relationship with Devon, though, um, you know, um, I just haven't been able to develop that 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 level of care and connection. Mm -hmm. And so I have to be intentional about pouring into that relationship because I, I need that's the last person that I need to be able to connect with so that I can really unlock the potential of this team because Jimmy has no problem um, you know you know openly sharing his perspective and you know um, challenging me on my ideas and helping to um, think through um, some dynamic solutions same with Richard um, for sure he's bought in um, but Devon you know if, if I can't get the the buy-in and the connection there we're not going to be able to unlock our full potential as a team um, because, you know, obviously there's a lot that that individual brings to the table. I value their perspective, but it's not being contributed right now. And so, you know, we're not as good as we can be. Um, and being aware of that. <clears throat> uh, and then I also like just to challenge it, you know, you kind of extended throughout this entire thing, which is, you know, um, the, the level of self-awareness as a leader that's really required, 
in order to make sure that you're not resting on your laurels and mm-hmm. you are constantly challenging and assessing, um, you know, your team's performance and am I executing or are we delivering um, on these attributes that are needed in order to have a high-performing team? Um, and then if not, you know, the minute I realize that we're not, like, being resolved and committed to doing something about it. Yeah, absolutely. Got to be committed to having a high level of of awareness which takes effort that takes time you know, and it, again it takes commitment um, some of us are gifted with that high level of emotional intelligence and then some of us have to work on at it uh, but you just have to realize you know the how how much how worth it it is for you to invest those calories to to putting in that type of work um, you know we we talked at the beginning about uh, the fact that, you know, celebrating 22 years of, of marriage and, you know, I remember my pastor told me a long time ago, like, you need to study your wife, you know, and, and you need to have a Ph.D. in Stacy. Um, and while that is very much true, even with your team, like you need to study your team, you know, and observe them and just observe how they say things, when they say things, why they say things, observe body language and the more in tune you are with your team, the, the higher level of awareness that you're going to have. And I think the easier it's going to be for you, you know, to, to start to, to make those adjustments on those energy levels and just be there for your team, you know, cause you're not, you're not missing things. Um, so study your team. Uh, I definitely encourage you guys to really study your team and how can I put in the work to get a, a, a first, a, a bachelor's then a master's. And then hopefully depending on how long those relationships last, you know, in the workplace, a PhD in my in my direct reports, uh, so that we're all again running at at high levels with efficiency, with speed of execution, and we can truly say that we are a high affinity team. Yeah, for sure. And it's funny. I'm just thinking, like as you're talking through that, like um, <clears throat> you know, both of us being fortunate enough to you know work not just together but with other individuals for uh, a substantial period of time. When you think mm-hmm. about just kind of the corporate environment and you know business in general like you know if you if you're spending like two three years with the same kind of cast of characters um you know you're probably in in pretty good shape um and on the higher end of the spectrum in terms of longevity working together um and you know i know for both you know both of us um and for some of the folks that are listening that had the opportunity to work with uh, myself and, and with jimmy um when you build a certain level of just rapport and affinity with one another like there's a lot of nonverbal communication that you can just immediately pick up on. Cause like I've studied, you know what I mean? I study mm-hmm. these people. Right. So, um, I know, you know, the facial expression that Jimmy makes when he hears something, he ain't like, you know what I mean? Uh, and, uh, vice versa, or, uh, people know the facial expression I make when I hear something that doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> and like, I, I just don't believe that it's accurate. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I just, I just, I can't help it. It's just the nuances of who I am as an individual. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, to your point, you know, you know, that's something that that I obviously aspire to be able to cultivate, um, you know, even with my new squad, with my new team, um, and this, you know, this new, uh, organization is being able to pick up on those nuances and be like, oh, okay, ain't like that, right? Or, um, nope, they don't, they don't agree with, with what I'm saying right now, or they have questions, um, and I should be aware of that enough to be able to preempt it, lean into it, have an open discussion about it. Um, you know, um, when I'm able to, when I, for me personally, 
I won't be satisfied until I'm able to consistently do that. And when I'm able to consistently do that, then I know that I'm on the right track uh, to, you know, building the necessary affinity um, in my team to be a high performing team. Mm-hmm. Cool, man. So we we mentioned it at the beginning um, and we'll just kind of wrap up as well just with uh, confidence, uh, trust in that relationship is at a very, very high level. And, and when that trust and the confidence is at a very high level, again, there's that speed of execution and, and that production and that output at maximum velocity. Uh, and the communication is, is on point. Um, again, even for some of the, the little things that you just mentioned as well, but those little things really, really add up that, that make the difference in just being an average or, or you know, above average team to a truly high performing team with high, high levels of affinity on a consistent basis. For sure, man, for sure. Um, and it's fitting too. Like, um, I know when I, you know, when I started this and I kind of share with you, like, Oh man, I heard him say affinity and then it got my, my Marvel mind going, mm-hmm. um, again, just great movies, just really good writing, great acting. Um, <laughs> but <Awesome movies. laughs> yeah. Um, but, um, gauntlet is still appropriate uh, not in the sense of you know the the armor version of the definition but gauntlet in the fact that like a challenge you know the mm-hmm. things that you're talking about um can definitely definitely be challenging to cultivate to create um you have to work at it you have to be intentional you have to work at it but it's fruitful it's fruitful work it pays amen brother yeah. it, it pays dividends um multiple times over and so while yeah it may be challenging to to you know to get to that point right <clears throat> um when you go through the uh affinity gauntlet <laughs> when you go through the affinity gauntlet um, your team is better for it in the long run. You're better for it in the long run as a leader. Um, and um, you're able to really unlock a different level of success, consistent, sustained, tested success, um, where you have confidence that regardless of what the situation, the external factors are, um, we, have, we have the right uh, makeup internally. Um, as a as a high performing team to overcome those challenges and still be able to deliver at the level that we expect. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Cool. Cool. Yeah, good words, man. So I'm glad that we came back to to the topic of affinity and building affinity in the team. Um, you know, seriously, like you know, that was something that I really wanted to make sure that I didn't pass up. I know you've done a lot of work here recently. Um, you know, from a leadership development perspective with some of the senior leadership in the organization that you're at. Um, to kind of really flesh out and talk about these these very concepts and really work towards um, assessing, challenging, mm-hmm. um, you know, highlighting people who are doing it well, and you know, um, you know, continuing to to work towards um, building and raising that level of affinity uh, within the team that that you know you guys have there. And so, um, I thought it'd be fruitful for our legacy leaders um, to get some of the you know the benefit. Of, of that work that you're doing and that insight um, and be able to add that to their arsenal as well. Sure. Uh, I mean, it's a concept I've been, you know, studying. I mean, I think these are things that innately we've kind of worked at, but in this concept and kind of putting it using this vocabulary is something that, yeah, I've been studying and teaching and really working through myself and then with the team over the last couple of months. Uh, so I hope our legacy leaders have gotten, again, some some good nuggets out of the conversation and, and again, have at least a, a 
a good overview of what it means to to cultivate and to grow and to know, you know, is my team a, a high affinity team or not? And then taking some of those steps to be able to to groom and grow and nurture them to be able to to be that uh, at some point, hopefully sooner rather than later, right? So that we can get the results that we're looking for and get them at a high level and at a consistent basis. Um, so yeah, so that wraps up uh, episode number nine for us. Hey, yeah, nine in the book. Oh, so we're coming up. We're getting ready to uh, break uh, ground on double digits next episode. It's episode ten. Yeah, episode episode 10. ten. So we're talking about you know empowering. Uh, your team empowering your direct reports and how important that is and the empowerment recipe you know we just talked about what is it uh, what does it mean to be a high affinity team uh, in order to do so uh, you you got to get the right pieces you know uh, on the team um, so as we start looking at the next you know couple of episodes uh, we'll be diving into that too you know some uh, some tips and things that you should think about uh, in in regards to what does that look like um, how do you determine people's strengths? How do you add, you know, additional strengths to the team that maybe you don't currently have so you can uh, shore up, you know, some of the gaps on the team? Uh, and so how you're not building a team with everybody, with people that are just like you, right? Because that's not good for, for you as a leader. It's not good for the rest of the team. Uh, we want diversity in so many different ways, right? Mm -hmm. So we'll, we'll definitely be diving into that uh, over the next uh, episode or two. Um, so, yeah, so looking forward to that. Uh, we man, we just thank everybody again. Uh, before we jumped on here, I was looking at some of the numbers. I know you were doing the same. My man lives in the numbers. I, <laughs> I appreciate that about you. Uh, I have to work at that, but again, it's you know you got to put yourself through the gauntlet to continue to improve uh, your skill sets and, and things of that nature and develop. Um, but we just hit. Uh, I know on on Podbeam, so we're well over 500 downloads and we take a look at all of mm -hmm. uh the podcast platforms that we're on so again thank you to our thank listeners you, again you, uh for riding with us uh we just hit over uh 500 views we're about 550 views right now uh, on the youtube channel yes <laughs> <laughs> so keep listening keep watching uh, again, we are trying to bring you the goodness every single week uh, and give you some some new concepts uh, or maybe, you know, just a different way to to think and look at some older concepts that maybe you've come across in the past. So keep challenging us, you know, uh, ask us uh, questions, whether you uh, send us an email or uh, direct message us. Again, we are on uh, Instagram at Legacy Leadership. We are also on Twitter at Legacy Leadership. Uh, you can find us on Facebook as well, uh, Legacy in Leadership Podcasts, and of course, our YouTube channel. Uh, so uh, if you'd rather, again, for our visual learners out there, if you'd rather take a look uh, and see some of the additional things that we do, you know, within the, the vlog itself, uh, you can find us at Legacy in Leadership Podcasts. That is our YouTube channel. Uh, so uh, hit the alert button please, so that you're mm -hmm. always alerted when we have videos coming out uh, and subscribe as well. We definitely appreciate that. Like, give us a comment. You know, if, if this has resonated with you, um, if you had some additional questions about, you know, this concept of affinity and, and high levels of affinity, you know, leave us questions in the comments. Uh, or if you have anything that you'd like to add, do so as well. We definitely appreciate continuing the conversation with you guys uh, as well. So um, we thank you. Uh, for again, for riding with us, for listening, for watching, and until next time, this yeah, is Jimmy Gonzalez, co-host of the Legacy and Leadership Podcast, along with Anthony Devon Watch Jr. Thank you, guys. Take care and have Thank a good you. night. Bye.
Rage on that beat, going crazy. You have just listened to the Legacy and Leadership Podcast, hosted by Jimmy Gonzalez and Devon Watts. Thank you, and we hope that you live, lead, and leave a legacy worth remembering. Until next time.